Live from DataOak Studio in Paris, I'm your host, Raphael. Welcome to a new episode of DataOak e-commerce podcast. Guys, I don't know if you heard about investors pouring billions towards building e-commerce brand houses. It's all over the news. If you follow even a little bit what's happening in the Amazon world, these guys are building the PNGs of tomorrow. And if you want to know more about it, understand what's an e-commerce brand house, why is there a market explosion right now? I mean, we're talking about hundreds of brands that have already been bought out. And why you should care about it, stay tuned. Pat, Amazon expert at DataOak, is with us today. Pat, how's it going? Excellent, Rafa. Thank you for having me. I've got tons of great stuff to share with you today. Awesome. Let's get into it. Let me start by asking the most obvious question. What are e-commerce brand houses? <laughs> I, I like how you refer to them as e-commerce brand houses, Rafa, because it, it makes them sound very elite. Uh, <laughs> so, so e-commerce brand houses or FBA roll-ups are essentially businesses which um, acquire and then scale small brands, uh, which are using FBA to sell on Amazon mm-hmm. and have demonstrated success in doing so. Okay, wait, why the focus on FBA sellers? Well, well generally speaking, it's, it's no secret that success on Amazon and using FBA, they go hand in hand, right? right. Most successful sellers on Amazon use FBA. So, so yes, so while, while there may be brands which don't use FBA and are still successful and may still be of interest to e-commerce brand houses, mm-hmm. they'd make up a very small portion of the target uh, market. Uh, the vast majority of brands purchased by e-commerce brand houses used FBA when they were purchased. Okay. So my question is why today? Why are we talking about this today? What changed? Well, because the space is really heating up, right? Right. Every single day I hear of some e-commerce brand house having raised tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions. In February alone, I read about Thrasio. Yeah, the largest (laughs) acquirer of Amazon businesses and one of the top 25 salesmen. I I I did my homework. (laughs) Your knowledge of e-commerce is better than I uh, had thought uh, it was. (laughs) Just to give some background. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they raised 750 million uh, and Branded raised uh, 150 million. Uh, Elevate Brands uh, uh, raised 55 million. I mean, how come? I mean, I'm very curious to know. It's it's amazing. How come the sudden emergence or rather explosion of this trend and business model? Yes, that's that's an interesting question, Rafa. And there was and and there are so many reasons, right? There are essentially three sides to this. Um, you know, you've got the investor side, which is pumping the money in. Uh, you've got the e-commerce brand house side, which came up with the model, and the brand side, wherein brands want to exit their, their their company. Okay, okay. So let's start with the investor side, please. Sure, sure. So so brass tags, Rafa. Money flows where the opportunity is, mm-hmm. right? So in 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 2020, 3P sellers accounted for 300 billion in sales on Amazon. That 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 number is set to double in the next five years, meaning we're looking at a $600 billion industry. Wow. Essentially, the whole pie is just getting massive. <laughs> so, so it's no surprise that this opportunity has caught the attention of uh, investors. Of course, of course. Right? Uh, secondly, interest rates are, are at an all-time low. You, you'd be stupid to not borrow, really. And and after you borrow, what, what do you do? You invest, right? Yeah. So, so there's all this cheap money available and equities are high. So investors are looking for new asset classes, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're looking for other channels to invest in. Hence the massive... Uh, uh, fundraisers. And, and if we were to take a step back, the, the first phase was the lending phase, which which started a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Investors saw an opportunity and, and began lending to these uh, microbrands. Uh, th- then they decided to take it up a notch, and here we are. So, so billions of dollars have been raised, and hundreds, if not thousands, of brands mm-hmm. have been bought out, like you said. Super interesting. And, and what about the e-commerce brand houses side? What do we got? Yeah, it was just a, a matter of time, right? I mean, uh, how many anchors have we seen come out of Amazon? Yeah. A- anchor recently IPO at 10 billion, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, but, but that's just one example. I, I can't think of others. Uh, f- for years, these micro brands which were operating on Amazon just weren't sophisticated enough. Mm. Uh, they, they simply lacked the necessary tools and expertise to scale, right? The, the, the founders of these brands, they, they had expertise in uh, product development, and, yeah. and, but not retail. Yeah. They, they created great products, but, 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 you know, but, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I can tell you this from experience, because when I was working at Stores 1 to 3, we were working with all these brands which had great products, uh, but, but would send inventory updates to us via Excel data feeds hmm. once okay. a day. You know, yeah. and, and that same data feed would go to multiple resellers. They'd all list the same number of units on Amazon and then face out-of-stock issues because w- one yeah. of the other resellers had already made some sales and placed orders with the brand, but the brand wasn't updating the inventory feed in real time. No okay. Right? Or, or say the brands d- didn't have SEO or Amazon advertising expertise, right? Meaning they, they wouldn't show up top of search. Yeah. Or also in terms of images, videos, and A-plus content, the, the brands simply didn't have expertise in those areas. So, so, so the e-commerce brand houses sensed an opportunity there, right? They, they were like, okay, th- these products are great. They, they sell well, but we can really scale them, you know, I- introduce variants of the product, you know, improve their organic visibility, invest in advertising, um, make them available on other channels like Walmart, Mart, uh, you know, take them international, like, you know, UK or Europe, uh, basically marry their money and tech and services expertise with the incredible product and then scale it. Super clear. And what about the, the on the brand side, on the brand side, sorry. <laughs> right. So, so, so one million 3P sellers joined Amazon in 2020 alone, Yo. right? Th- th- their total count today is close to 5 million. And, and why this explosion? Well, well, because barriers to entry have come way down, Rafa. It's, it's easy to source, right. you know, thanks to companies yeah. like Alibaba. Yeah. It's easy to launch thanks to YouTube, you know, wh- where there are tons of tutorial videos, you, you don't need to hire a consultant. And it's it's easy to sell, right? J- just send a few units to FBA. They, they will store the product and ship it to the end uh, end customer. And an important point to note, Rafa, is, is that brands were just tired of their resellers, you know, fighting for the buy box and engaging in price wars. It, it was bad for the brand's reputation and image. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but for a whole array of reasons, earlier brands were just dependent on resellers. That, I mean, what do you mean? It's their brand and their product. <laughs> <laughs> like, why were they dependent on a reseller? Well, for, for so many reasons, Rafa. And, and, and you know what? E-commerce brand houses, too, are successful for exactly those reasons. In, in a manner of speaking, they're contemporary resellers. So, you know, after Amazon introduced the Inventory Performance Index, you know, the IPI, uh-huh, uh-huh. along with it came the long-term storage bill. Meaning, if you weren't selling your inventory fast enough, you'd be presented with a large storage bill from Amazon. Resellers helped you avoid this. Why? Because large resellers were working with hundreds of brands in any given month due to seasonality or product type some products would sell and others wouldn't though overall amazon's inventory performance index would be satisfied you know thanks to the reseller mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and you'd escape having to incur long term storage charges Th- then there's shipping costs right as as a small brand selling just their products yeah you wouldn't get much of a discount exactly carriers like ups and fedex of course exactly H- however a reseller selling products from multiple brands w- would would have a significantly large uh, shipping volume Volume, thus receiving huge discounts from the carriers. I mean, e- even as high as 40 to 50%, right? A- and that too became a competitive advantage because the, the discounts could be passed on to shoppers, making your products look uh, look, look more mm-hmm. uh, lucrative, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, thirdly, uh, retail and Amazon expertise. L- like I mentioned earlier, the forte of these brand owners was product development, not yeah. retail, yeah. right? G- given there's hundreds of alternatives for every product on Amazon, you really need to understand SEO, of Amazon course, advertising, right? Creative, uh, you know, competition tracking yeah. and so on. And and, and to, to be visible top of search. The, the brand simply lacked that knowledge. Mm. And 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 
And lastly, you know, overhead costs, which got distributed when you worked with a reseller. For, for example, if you were a brand, let's say, doing a million dollars annually mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. sales, your, your product cost was about 30%, right? Referral fee, you know, which is the Amazon yeah. referral fee, yeah. that, that was about 15%. Shipping cost, you know, inclusive of both, uh, you know, uh, inbound and outbound was about 15%. You know, warehousing cost of 10%, you know, covering rent, uh, packing supplies, may, maybe one person for picking and packing orders, you know, uh, advertising costs of 15%. So, so that leaves you with um, 15. Yeah, that leaves you with the fifteen percent, yeah. right? That's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Assuming you want to set aside at least a hundred thousand for yeah. yourself, you're, you're left with fifty thousand to spend on human resource. You can't hire a data analyst yeah. plus an advertising personnel plus an SEO personnel plus an accounting personnel Inventory. plus. Sorry. Inventory. Exactly. Yeah. You know, someone to manage your inventory, of all course. for $50,000 a year. This is not India. Not right? even India. Yeah, I was going to say it's terrible. <laughs> but, but if you work with a reseller, because they're working with multiple brands, they hire, you know, they hire the people who do the same work, uh, uh, except for multiple brands. And, and, that, and then the cost gets distributed over multiple accounts. Right. Economy of scales. Yeah. Business 101. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so when, you, when you think about it, you know, that, that's also the value proposition of each e-commerce brand houses, right? So, so yes, the, the, you know, these were some of the reasons why micro brands were dependent on resellers mm -hmm. and the opportunity e-commerce brand houses are seeking to tap. Uh, mm -hmm. um, anyhow, you know, we think this trend is only set to accelerate as, as micro brands are seeing a lot of success on Amazon and are starting to grab market share from larger brands, you know, which have been around for uh, a much longer time. Yeah. And, and we see this all the time, you know, when we prepare our uh, Amazon category bestsellers mm -hmm. or, you know, the Amazon share of voice reports and Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's completely true. But hey, let's promote data <laughs> a little later in the episode, okay? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so we, we cover all of this. So now, who are the dominant players in the space today, Pat? Yeah, th there's, there's quite a few, actually, you know, as, as the opportunity is large enough uh, to warrant multiple uh, uh, players, participants, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you, you've got Thrasio, like you, you mentioned, mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. Right, right? which has already raised over a billion dollars in funding mm -hmm. and has acquired over 100 brands already. The, you know, so I don't know if you know this, Rafa, they currently acquired acquiring 1.5 million in revenue per day. Wow. Why? Because they're acquiring two to three brands a week. Wow. Right? And, and then you've got Boosted Commerce, you know, which raised upwards of 80 million late last year. Uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. and then you've got one of the most recent entrants, Branded, which just came out of Stealth Mode and has already hit a sales run rate of 150 million as a result of uh, acquisitions. Right? Mm -hmm. you know, Elevate Brands uh, just announced a 55 million uh, fundraise just last week. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Perch, which in December of 2020 announced a uh, that they had already acquired 20 brands mm -hmm. and raised north of 100 million. Damn, that's a very exciting time in the space, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. What do these e-commerce brand houses look for in brands? As in, what decide whether or not they should acquire a particular brand path? I'm, I'm glad you asked, Rafa. I mean, I, I can feel some excitement on, on your side. Are, are you planning on launching uh, your own brand? Yeah, I mean, everything is in slow motion for over a year now, <laughs> for everyone, actually. So I have more time for my own project, right? For my side project. I thought this could be the perfect time to do it. Well, let's bring uh, Data out to the moon first, and, uh, and then we'll see. All right. Okay, so, so first and foremost, you know, they want to acquire DTC sellers. Right. You know, sellers who have a brand uh, that, that they own. That, that is, that the seller must own the trademark. 
mark. They're not looking at acquiring resellers, mm-hmm. meaning meaning they're not looking at acquiring a pharma pack. So, you know, okay. one of the biggest uh, uh, resellers in the world, if not the biggest. Uh, the, the brand must be on Amazon's brand registry, okay. right? They, they want to buy a business, not a product. Uh, that is, that if, if the vast majority of a brand's business is generated by a single product, that the multiple they will receive will be lower. The, the reason for the reason for that is is risk, right? Because mm-hmm. what if the SKU gets suppressed by Amazon or you know falls out of favor with shoppers? Yeah, they should also have like product with high organic visibility. It, I guess. Per, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, the product should have high organic visibility. You know, be top of search results and a low tacos, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the product should not be a fad, like you know, a fashionable today, gone yeah. tomorrow kind of a product, right? Um, th- 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 there should be a low risk of obsolescence because because if your brand, let's say, makes iPhone cases yeah. and and Apple rolls out a new model every year, they're probably not going to be interested in your brand, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, just just the way you're not in- interested in your old iPhone anymore, yeah. you know, somebody's yeah, not yeah. going to be interested in buying your brand anymore. You know, that makes sense. So, so, so your brand should have great ratings and reviews because you know th- that's the ultimate vote of confidence in in your products, right? Mm-hmm. It, it shows that shoppers, you know, truly like your products mm-hmm. or maybe dislike your products, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you should have low return rates again, you know, because th- that's another really important metric uh, proving shoppers like your products. Uh, you should have profitable unit economics that is make money on every single sale. And and in my opinion, Rafa, the, the best niches are CPG products with with high LTV, right? Because th- that is th- these are products which lead to repeat purchases. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So basically, you need to be successful on Amazon to be it, to be bought. <laughs> pretty much, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Looks like you read on your own book, man. <laughs> well, it's you know, interesting. <laughs> well, Rafa, bars are shut. You know, so I have a lot of time. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, what are these e-commerce brand houses looking to achieve? Like, really? Like, are they just looking at brands? As, as investment vehicles which they will build and then sell at a higher valuation like w- what's the plan here or are we at, at the cusp of something bigger like yeah well you know, you know Raph the truth is these guys are looking to build the PNGs you know RBs mm. Unilevers of uh, tomorrow okay. they, they're looking to build you know household brands uh-huh. uh, they, they will go multi-channel you know they, they will go omni-channel they, they will be available on shelves in supermarkets okay uh, okay you know, yeah exactly and, and they will build out their own warehouses they, they're looking at achieving scale uh-huh. and that scale will have tremendous impact throughout the business you name it uh-huh, i mean uh-huh. you know sourcing because they will carry a much larger catalog naturally their sourcing volumes will be higher entitling them to better prices right mm-hmm. Uh, on the logistics front, they, they will uh, consolidate uh, containers and, and incur, you know, a reduced uh, inbound costs, right? Or on the sales front, uh, they, they will introduce, let's say, child ASINs, you know, which will help expand the various modes, you mm-hmm. know, reviews, rating, star rating, organic visibility, and so on, mm-hmm. right? And, and think of advertising. I mean, they'll have enough of their own products to run product ads on, uh, you know, on their own, on yeah. their own PDPs, yeah. M- meaning you will not see a competing product on their PDPs, you know? They, they will expand to other channels, you know, Walmart being one of the first. In, fa- in fact, uh, both Perch and Thrasio, they, they're both already on Walmart, uh-huh. you know. And, and they, they will expand to uh, new, new geographies, uh, meaning they will essentially scale the brands to their, to their t- uh, true potential. I mean, you mentioned PNG, right? That's interesting because today PNG have really, really deep pockets. Yeah, yeah. Why can't they do exactly what Tracy <laughs> is doing? Meaning, why can't they just go out and acquire brands also? Yeah, yeah. T- touchy, touchy subject. Oh, yeah? Why, why so? <laughs> I mean, well, because, you know, I mean... Mix, it's, it's logical, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's logical, but it's, it's touchy for me to answer that because I, I oh. don't want to offend the good folks oh. at PNG. Oh, okay. and, and I have some friends working oh, there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. 
Look, look, Rafa, the whole business model is different, right? P&G is not a DTC company, mm-hmm, meaning mm-hmm. they don't sell shampoo; they sell pallets of shampoo. Right. You, you know, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and and traditional CPG companies, you know, they change pricing once a year. Boosted commerce changes pricing every hour because you, mm. you know online retail Amazon is 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 in their blood, right? Yeah. But but this is a wake up call for traditional uh, CPG companies. Mm-hmm. They need to go DTC now. Mm-hmm. Look, look, Target has created six one billion dollar brands in just the last three four years. Yeah. Traditional CPG companies. I mean, I I can't think of any, right? Yeah. In 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 my opinion, Rafa, they should start acquiring DTC brands and ASAP and try to scale them. In fact, Unilever started with the acquisition of Dollar Shave Club, right, right, right. right. And and one of the biggest factors behind Unilever's acquisition of Dollar Shave Club was the fact that the the latter were a DTC brand with, with direct relationships with their customers. They they just did it again with the acquisition of Smarty Pants, a DTC multivitamins one company. One of our client, yeah. Right. And, and, and traditional CPG companies need to really accelerate their their acquisitions, or or in the next few years, they, they're going to be facing a very different uh, competitive landscape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, look, look t- today, Thrasio is already selling twelve to fourteen thousand unique products. When you factor in child essence, that's close to fifty thousand products. Right mm-hmm. on a recent podcast, you know Carlos Cashman, the the co-founder of Thrasio, he said that he's now looking to he's now thinking of how to get to selling one million products. And in my opinion, that day is not too far away. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, basically, you answered the question by saying yes, they should, they should, hi- they should acquire brands. Oh, oh that's, exactly, that's, yeah, yeah. exactly, and for fast. sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Time's running out. Yeah. Uh, today, DataOak is proud to be serving uh, companies such as Tresho, Boosted yeah. E-Commerce, <laughs> Branded, you know, leaders in the FBA uh, acquisition space. So can you explain exactly how DataOak is helping them? Oh, a- absolutely. So so our analytical capabilities, you know, uh, allow them to quickly identify top-selling products and brands on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, across over 20,000 Amazon categories in all Amazon geographies, you know, be it the US, the UK, mm-hmm. Germany, France, Italy, and so on. And, and thereafter, we help them uh, with, the, with the due diligence, uh, you know. So in the sense, we, we measure brands' organic and sponsored visibility on Amazon, right? We, we assess how the acquisition targets stack up against uh, uh, competition in terms of reviews and ratings. Yeah. We, we also provide... Uh, you know, a complete account audit of the brand's Amazon sales and advertising history, meaning that the brand's, you know, cost per click, ACOS, ROAS, mm-hmm. TACOS, you know, a revenue net of ad spend and so on. Uh, essentially, it's a, it's a scorecard, Rafa, which which pretty much uh, provides a buy or don't buy recommendation for, you know, for these e-commerce brand houses. I love that. I love the last piece. <laughs> buy or don't buy. All right. That's a wrap, people. Thank you, Pat, for your time today. Really. Well, th- thank you for giving me the opportunity, right, Rafa. Amazing, amazing episode showing lights on, on one of the hottest trends in the Amazon world. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I really hope you guys enjoyed it and we see you very, very, very soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.